One problem facing people at many levels of business is how to make time for a work life and a personal life. Do you find that one seems to keep getting in the way of the other? This is the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Even if you're not involved in the business world, you'll have a lot to gain by tuning in to today's show. Now, here is your host, Rick Morris. And welcome to a Friday edition of the Work-Life Balance. So excited to have everybody along with us as we've got uh, some new guests here that we're going to talk to. Uh, really excited about that. And because of that, uh, I'm going to forego a lot of our normal opening announcements, except for the one, uh, the entire catalog now of the group, The Party, uh, the music is now available on Spotify. So if you wouldn't mind uh, helping us out, it's been literally 30 years in the making to get all of this uh, catalog back out there uh, digitized. Uh, so if you search The Party and just go add those to your albums and and listen to some of the music that we created uh, I think the the album we just dropped today came out in 95. So uh, fantastic of Disney to to finally work through that with us and Hollywood Records and so excited that it's out there. Uh, and of course, thanks to Yvette Chirkala and uh, Jason Hampton for uh, really uh, keeping the the uh, their feet to the fire and keeping the music alive for us. So let's get into today's show. Today we have Alan David Reed and Tawny Wolf, and they're the co-creators of the 10 Terrains model. Uh, they're authors of the book, Introducing 10 Terrains of Consciousness, Understand Yourself, Other People, and Our World, which is being embraced and studied by people around the world as a new way to understand themselves more deeply and the shifts that are happening on the planet. I've taken the test, and we're going to also discuss the results and really what are the 10 t- terrains of consciousness. Let's bring them on the show right now. We've got Alan and Tani. How you doing? Good, Rick. Hi. Good to meet you. Lovely to be here. Thanks for having us on your show. And so uh, I, I, we were talking a little bit pre-show. And so, Tony, uh, you, you guys are both in Australia? We are. We're on the east coast, the most eastern tip of Australia near the area called Byron Bay. One of my uh, dearest friends lives there. Uh, Colin Ellis is, is one of wow. my uh, uh, compatriots. So we're hoping to, to come to Australia soon. So it's 7, 8 in the morning on Saturday for you guys right now, somewhere around there? Yeah, we're 8 o'clock right now. <laughs> 8 o'clock in the morning, yeah, for sure. So uh, we, uh, uh, day ahead of you. We, we started a group called the PM Circle, which is an international group of mentoring people. But to, to get the faculty together, we have somebody in India, somebody in Australia, somebody in England, and a couple in the United States. So seven in the morning, my time, it seems to be the best, which is around 11 or so your time, almost midnight. Um, but yeah, it's interesting to, to try to find a time for all of us to meet. So let's, let's jump right on into this because we talk about 10 terrains of consciousness. What inspired you, first of all, to, to write this and how did you develop the model? Well, it, it was really inspired over a lifetime of research uh, that I've been doing. And uh, uh, Tani and I came together to uh, uh, really look deeply into a lot of questions that we were having about life, markets, uh, just ways to understand the world for for bringing out of our, our projects and, and business. And this just really evolved from the conversation. It, it was like there was a, a body of work that just wanted to emerge merge itself from all that we've researched over our lifetimes. And this is the culmination of that at this point. Yeah, and Alan and I have quite different backgrounds and very opposite brains. And when we came together, you know, Alan spent years as a scientist and a mystic and 
a very big picture thinker and lots of different industries. And I've been much more focused on personalities and interpersonal dynamics and relationships and, you know, how humans get along with each other. And Alan's got this big, vast political and scientific overview. And when our two opposite brains came together, but we kept asking the question, what is underneath the differences between people, like beyond personality type, but beyond conditioning and values and culture, what's actually deeper than that? That's when this information started to drop in when we asked that question. So do you need to have a good understanding of interpersonal dynamics in order to, to understand 10 terrains? Like, is there a graduation to where you've kind of studied this, you've studied this, now 10 terrains is the next step, or how does that work? No, it stands alone, and it really it is really, as the word implies, the terrain under all of these other systems. It is the terrain, it's your operating system, it's giving rise to your perceptions and your values and your beliefs and, and really all of these other systems that you would study and look at for understanding, uh, as we mentioned a few before, uh, DISC or Myers-Briggs or what have you, Enneagram, they really are on top of this, they, they're like the, the shrubs and the trees that grow on the terrain. So knowing terrain is really fundamental to understanding how someone is, is relating to, to work, to the world, to life, to reality. But the other thing I'll say for those of you listening who like Rick and like myself have spent time studying those kinds of systems, Myers-Briggs, DISC, Enneagram, I personally love those. I find them incredibly helpful. They're actually a very different thing than what we're talking about with the terrains. The terrains is actually an evolutionary model. So someone's terrain can change over the course of their lifetime. It's more akin to their age. Like you could be 20 or you could be 30 or you could be 40, but you'll still be a seven Enneagram at all of those ages. It's the same with your terrain. You'll still be a three Enneagram and an ENTJ Myers-Briggs or, you know, an I in the disc, but that will, but you'll take your personality with you as you grow and evolve and you have a shift in your awareness and one day you may even shift into another terrain of consciousness where and if you do make that kind of shift a lot of things will show up very differently in your life you might find you're starting to question the career that you're in or the relationship you're in or the kinds of people you're hanging out with and it can be a really huge life change and so it's really interesting if you are interested in personality types to see that your personality type comes with you, obviously, because you're born with it, but how you express that personality, how you embody that is going to be different depending on which terrain you're at. So let's just briefly, if we can, go through the 10 terrains so that the, the audience knows what we're talking about, because I'm going to want to dive into a couple of them. And so I kind of want them yeah. to understand where we are in that mix when I do so. So uh, yes. if you can, just give a brief you know, introduction as to what the 10 terrains are and how you move through them. Well, there, um, continu there is a continuum of, of 10 terrains that are uh, put together to represent our evolution from the most extreme separation from, from ourself as, as an infinite being to that which we're really one with ourself. And so there's these points along the way. The first five are relating to the world from an outer perspective and having things uh, coming from outside to you. The other five are really more coming from within yourself to looking at a, a deeper understanding of, of who you are as a being. So I can run through all 10. That was just like a sort of background context. But when I run through all 10, you'll get a sense of them. They're, they're each very different from each other. I'm just going to run through them super quickly because Perfect. each of them we could write a book about and talk about for hours. So I'm just going to do a couple of sentences on each just to give you as just a very, very simple kind of flavor of each one. But I think it'll be enough that you can see the differences between them. 
So the, the first, so if, if people listening want to have a look at this, it will help you to follow along if you go to tenterrains.com, T-E-N-T-E-R-R-A-I-N-S, because you'll see that we've given them 10 different symbols and the symbols actually tell the story of what I'm going to share and each symbol is very specific for that terrain. And you'll see that the first one, which is like a collection of dots called the matter-based terrain particle, and the last one, which is a, a, a bunch of little lines, the void-based terrain, no thing. They're just there kind of as bookends. Like you're not going to really meet people at those two terrains because they're very extreme, but we have them there just to tell the full story of humanity's journey of evolution. Um, and so the first one, the matter-based terrain particle, this is, you could think of caveman. This is, this is a being who's in such a state of fear, such a state of responding from instinct moment to moment without much thought, without really a narrative or a story about meaning, about life or God or anything. They're just in fear, running from the bear, trying to survive. Uh, then we have the next terrain, which we call the faith-based terrain radial. And there are people at this terrain in the world. They're what you would think of as the fundamentalist people. They're very much giving their power to something outside themselves and they're fully obeying it 100% and they deeply, genuinely believe that if they don't, they will be smoked down or they will not get to salvation. And, and, and it's not just something to participate in their community. It's a deep belief that they've ceded their power to something outside themselves. And so we've seen that play out in the world over the years, politically and, and culturally. And then the next terrain, the will-based terrain pyramid, if someone was to shift from radial to pyramid, this is the terrain where someone says, well, I don't care about, you know, God or deities. I'm the master of my own destiny. And, and pyramid is really a kind of wild west mentality. You think scarcity consciousness. It's, it's a belief that in order to feel safe, I need to accumulate as much wealth and power so that I can dominate other people, control other people and and it, it's really like the terrain where we see mafia and we see slavery and we just see exploitation of people and power games and obviously empire and conquest and a lot of the things we've seen play out in civilization over the years have come from countries of pyramid and leaders of pyramid. So this is a very well-known terrain and there are obviously num fa fairly decent numbers of people at, at pyramid in our world. The terrain after pyramid, if someone was to shift from pyramid to square, the order-based terrain square, this is a terrain where somebody believes that the, the, the highest good of society is more important than their own, uh, so their own goals. So someone at Pyramid is very much about self-interest. They're just trying to survive, stay alive, get as much money as they can. Someone at Square is actually trying to contribute to society, be an upstanding member of society. And at Square, they very much believe that the safety is going to come from being part of a smoothly running system. So think of people who believe in the banking systems, believe in the government, follow what authority tells them. They're wearing their masks. They're, they're going into lockdown. They're complying. They're not really interested in innovation or pushing over the pushing the envelope, but they really just want to contribute, be a doctor or a lawyer, and do what they, you know, what their parents expect or what their society expects. And so this is people who really believe in the consensus reality. And, and I'm sure there's a lot, you know, lots of people like this. Probably people listening like this. It's a fabulous terrain of contribution and service to society. And then the terrain after this, if someone was to shift from the order-based terrain to the next one, the reflection-based terrain diamond, the thing that changes is someone starts to feel that I decide my own identity. I'm not going to do just what society tells me or what I'm expected to do. I'm choosing my own path. And a diamond is a terrain of individual expression, unique expression, 
innovation. It's where we see social structures being overthrown and new technologies being invented. And it's all about growth and expansion. I'm going to be the best person I could be. I'm going to be the most innovative person. We see a lot of entrepreneurialism at this terrain. We do see that at Square too, but at Diamond, there's much more a willingness to take risks. There's not so much of a focus on financial security. It's more on financial independence and freedom and diversity. And a lot of the things that have happened in the last 50 or 60 years in our culture have happened because the the prevailing terrain in about the 1960s shifted from square to diamond in the Western world. So we had the internet, freedom of information, decentralization, customization, all the things that are that now are so prevalent in our society are natural outpicturings of this terrain. The terrain after this, the connection-based terrain circle, there are decent numbers of people on the planet at this terrain at the moment, even though it's not the prevailing terrain. And the, the big jump that happens from diamond to circle, as Alan said, the first five are outer focused terrains and the second five are inner focused. So someone else, the jump that happens from diamond to circle is really the jump from outer to inner, from doing to being and from head to heart. And people at circle are very much connected to the web of life in a visceral sense, not just as a concept. They really deeply feel nature. They feel the web of life. They're living in a much more community kind of way. Think of Indigenous cultures. Most Indigenous cultures are at Circle. Very collaborative. You know, we're going to raise all lifeboats. There's not really visionary leaders. Everybody's collaborating for the highest good of the whole group. And there's a deep reverence for nature and, and the sacred. The terrain after this, the coherence-based terrain spiral, these ones are going to be less and less numbers of people, so I'll go fairly quickly through them. Spiral is a terrain where somebody shifts from circle from the connectedness to the web of life and that, and that now expands to a multidimensional sense of self. These are people who have a real sense of self in all different dimensions, maybe past lives, maybe energetic stuff, but they're very much about self-responsibility and being fully coherent on all levels of their being. So they're always working on uh, keeping themselves neutral and forgiveness and discernment and um, they, they really deeply know that they create their reality from the inside out. And then the terrain after this, the fractal-based terrain toroid, this is the terrain of a lot of the spiritual teachers over time, a lot of the scientific geniuses, people who have just downloaded truth and they've downloaded it because they're in a very surrendered state and they're really deeply connected to the quantum field. And, and these are people who are really aware in every moment that the highest good of all is playing out. And they're always seeing things from the perspective of well, how is this playing out for the highest good of all? That's really where their focus is. And, that, and, and they're also in a place of deep trust. The terrain after this, the unity-based terrain, infinity, when you think of, you know, so-called enlightened beings, Buddha, people like that, that's the, this terrain, the unity-based terrain, infinity. This is people who really, really are embodying a state of oneness. There's no more separation in how they're behaving or how they're thinking or how they're seeing others. They're very much in a state of surrender and a state of witness and, and a very deep state of peace, but also a very uh, extreme state of self-responsibility, making sure they're always staying neutral and bringing themselves back to a state of unconditional love if they're ever triggered out of it. Uh, and it's not just Buddha who's at this terrain. There are people around and about who are at this terrain, but it's less than 1% of the population, but they are around. And they're usually not the big spiritual teachers. They're very humble people. You wouldn't even probably notice them in the room. And then the final terrain, the void-based terrain, no thing, that's really just there as a bookend. You're not going to meet anyone at this terrain. These are beings who have kind of expanded so much that, you know, they don't even really believe anymore that they need water or gravity. You know, these are people kind of, people call them ascended masters, things like that. If not even really in physical form. 
Well, thank you for running us through that. When we come back, we'll talk about what terrain most of us are in. And I kind of also want to know what terrains you guys are in. So uh, we'll do that after the break. Uh, you're listening to Rick Morris on the Work-Life Balance. Are you aware that 80% of project management executives do not know how their projects align with their company's business strategy? Are you aware that businesses identified capturing time and costs against projects as their biggest project management challenge? Are you aware that 44% of project managers use no software, even though PricewaterhouseCoopers found that the use of commercially available project management software increases performance and satisfaction? Now, imagine that you could have the ease of entry like a spreadsheet and a software tool set up and running within two to four weeks. Imagine within two weeks being able to see clearly where all of your resource conflicts are. Well, you don't have to imagine because PDWare has already created it. PDWare can give you real-time access to KPIs, easily updated views of what your teams are working on, and immediate feedback to some of project management's toughest questions, like, when can we start this project? What happens if we delay this project? Can we do this in time? How does this new project impact our current portfolio? Find us at pdware.com and imagine not manually compiling endless reports again. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now back to the Work-Life Balance. And we're back to the Work-Life Balance on this Friday afternoon. Uh, we're talking with Alan David Reed and Tony Wolf, who uh, are co-founders, co-creators of the 10 Terrains of Consciousness. Now, we just went through what the 10 Terrains are very, very quickly. Uh, but if you go to 10terrains.com slash quiz, you can actually find out what terrain you're in and, and download some material. And um, on request, I, I did that prior to the show. We, we found out, I don't, I don't you know, the, the common thing, in, I think, in most humans is, you know, did I get a high score? Did, did, did I score well? But uh, I, I ended up in Diamond at the mastery uh, phase of that, which I found out isn't that rare. It's, it's pretty common at this point. Um, but, um, I would like to ask when you guys took this quiz, where, where did you end up? Well, I'd, I'd like to probably just step back and, and, and say that, you know, one thing to know about the 10 terrains is there, there is no score. There are, these aren't levels. Uh, this isn't something like you're, you're trying to get to some place. You actually already are an infinite being. I'll just, I'll just say that for the record. And so you've got as many lifetimes as you need to do what you need to learn. And so you're, you're where you're at for a reason. You're, you're sitting at one of these terrains because there's a lot of learning there. There's a lot of, of service to give back from there. 
there's challenges to learn about yourself. It's about knowing yourself. And so really we, we learn about ourselves by coming in and living in any of these terrains throughout lifetimes, literally. And so there, there is nothing wrong with being uh, at, any, at any point because you actually have a lot to offer there. And the majority of the world, if you look at a bell curve across this continuum, is sitting in the, the middle of this continuum at the order-based terrain, at square, at the reflection-based terrain diamond. Uh, and you know, indigenous cultures, as Tani mentioned, uh, make up other populations. So that this really does follow a bell curve. Uh, and, and there's you know, a lot of uh, wealth that's happening and generating right now in our world and, and a lot of excitement happening because we've moved from the order-based terrain uh, at square to, to now being at diamonds. So as a culture, we're, we're really innovating and coming up with a lot of new uh, technologies and, and uh, uh, understandings of ourselves. And there's a lot of uh, growth, personal growth is big at this point. And I want to say this too, because the, the point of the balance between work and life is to really look at the fact that in the past, at, as civilization, the industrial age was, was at the order-based terrain, uh, we were really living from an institutional model where we went to nine to five jobs and cradle to grave sort of IBM, you know, business towns kind of thinking to now at the reflection-based terrain at Diamond, you're, you're really, the institutions are going away. We're really at a point in our evolution where we're really creating our own jobs. We're creating our own selves and we're finding out who we really are, what really excites us. It's sort of like, what, what's your passion? And in any coaching, I would say, you know, be clear on what you're passionate about and then build your business model around that rather than trying to fit yourself into some existing cog. So as we've shifted now to be uh, with the prevailing terrain of Doc Diamond in our, in our businesses, <clears throat> excuse me, in our, in our cultures and in our businesses, we're having to completely relook at, at what we're doing to create um, our, ourselves going forward, creating our careers, creating uh, you know, the entrepreneurial opportunities. There's, there's limitless capability available to us at this point. It's really the, the currency going forward is creativity. And that's what we need to be mindful of. Yeah, I, I'll let you come back to Tony, but where I got confused a little bit in that in, in, um, is, you know, when you look at DISC or Enneagram or any of that kind of stuff, and Tony, I thought you did a really good job of saying, you know, you live out your personality, you're, you're going to be a three, you're going to be a seven, and that's what you do. To me, I felt like this, this does have levels that, that you, it's not necessarily a reward level, but it is a growth level. Right. So you, you're graduating across your continuum as you, as, as it's been laid out. Um, as almost a, um, as a visual of, of how aware you are. And, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of Carl Jung and some of those, you know, unless you make the subconscious conscious, it'll rule your life and you will call it fate. And I think there's a lot of us that, that are understanding that portion, but to me, it is a leveling up. It is a graduation up. Is that fair to say? That's definitely the perspective from Diamond. Someone's looking at this model from Diamond, they will see that, that it's about growth and expansion, that each ring is a progressive expansion depending on which terrain you're at is how you'll see this. So that's why it's a hard thing to answer. But the main thing we want to get across is that there's no judgment in it. It's not that sure. one is better than the other or one is worse than the other. You can see it as they're progressively more expanded. It's almost like if you think of it, a spaceship, it's on the ground. And when it's on the ground, all it sees is the trees in front of it. As it goes up a little bit higher, it sees more. It sees the village. And then it goes up higher, it sees the forest and the ocean. 
and it goes up higher and it, it goes past the stratosphere and it sees the whole globe. And at each iteration, it's got a larger perspective, but the ship's not better because it's at 2,000 feet than it's at 1,000 feet. It's just has a broader view. So really these are more just expanded perceptions, progressively more expanded perceptions. And the thing is, from the, the reflection-based terrain diamond, which is so much focusing on growth and expansion, it seems like the goal is to get to infinity and we should all grow and learn and become as most expanded as we possibly can. But actually, there's another perspective here, which is that really each terrain has something very profound to offer the world. And there are things that, that people contribute at each terrain when, when put together as a collective tapestry all fit together for the highest good of all. So that's just another way to see it. And also that sometimes it's actually not easier to be at the more expanded terrains. For someone at infinity, that, that really enlightened terrain, they're doing constant work to stay neutral and to stay surrendered and to not take anything on and to not take anything personally. Like they're, they're, it's, it's not necessarily an easy job to be at that place in your journey. Like you're having to 100% own that you create your reality in every possible way. So it, it might sound like it's a great place to be, but it's not necessarily any better than where you are now. So that's one of the things we're always emphasizing, like really learn about where you're at now and really master the lessons of this terrain and the things that you're here to, to offer the world at this terrain. And when it's the right time, when your own higher self is ready, when you've completed that learning, you may shift to the next terrain. And that will be another adventure that will then begin with huge amounts of learning and growth in it. And some people are really here to grow and learn in their life. That's their purpose for being on the planet. And they may shift terrain once, twice, even three times, maybe more in their life. And other people are actually here to really go deeply into one terrain and really master that. Like think of someone like Abraham Lincoln. He was at Square. You know, he's ended slavery from that terrain. Like only someone who spent their life at Square could do that job because it's happening in reaction to pyramid and the exploitation and inequality of pyramid and all about institutionalizing equality and making equality widespread and systematizing equality. Like that has to happen at that terrain. So you can see that depending on your purpose in life, you may need to stay at a terrain for a long time, or you may be someone who's here to really shift. The most important thing is to just be really compassionate with yourself and accept your own journey and just enjoy your own journey and appreciate the lessons that you're being given at any time. So you're not going to tell us what terrains you're on. I'm just teasing. Um, so you, you pulled you pulled the presidential debate card of if I talk about something else over here, I won't answer that question. But I'm I'm just playing with you. Um, so um, the, the the thing that 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 strikes me though, in, in again, everyone's beliefs, I'm I'm completely open to. So please don't don't take this as a challenge. But the the assumption then of the model though is that there is the the infinite lives that there this this isn't the only life that you lead and off you go is that so there's definitely a reincarnation thing i'm picking up here as well um is that is that fair to say well yes what what this model is really based upon and this has been at the core of my life work literally working with leading scientists around the world and my entire life being looked at both in the mysteries and studying all of the religions and the mysteries as well as all of the sciences very very deeply very deeply steeped in the quantum physics. And at the cutting edge of quantum physics, they're now starting to see what the mystics have been saying all along. You've got two you know, electrons talking to each other over space and time simultaneously beyond the speed of light. What it's starting to really show science is what the mystics have been saying, that this is a self-aware universe. This universe is consciousness. This entire universe, all multiverses, down to every last subatomic particle is simultaneously aware of itself across all of the galaxies, infinite galaxies, infinite stars. So when, when we look at this, you know, there's a perspective that the religions hold is that, well, there's a God up in heaven, but that's an anthropomorphic projection. 
when you really come from a mystical perspective, and this is being, again, supported by the, the sciences now really starting to see this is the only way it can be, this universe is self-aware. And so the more we connect into that self-awareness that we already are, then yes, we have access to, to the ability to become telepathic, to, to do many things, to self-heal, to, uh, to, to look into the future. We, you know, we can see a lot of stuff happening uh, when we really come into a relationship with this conscious being that we all are, because it is one conscious universe. And so it's, it's the idea of, of non-local, it's non-locality, non-local consciousness. And that's a real shift from the current science, which is the current psychology thinks that, well, consciousness is just the result of our brain chemistry. And once we die, it goes away and consciousness goes. But the, the truth is there is, I can give you, which really brought me deeply into this was all my research in the past lives. And I mean, not past lives, excuse me, near death experiences. Uh, scientifically validated in many cases and and they they were saying the same thing again and again you know they're out of body they're in other places they're seeing themselves being operated on i mean they're you start to really look into this it's like well how could all of this be possible uh, you know there's research of people that have uh come you know back and known about their themselves in other places and taken their families there to meet the people they knew in the past i mean there's a lot of evidence of this so bottom line, answer to your question is that one of the core assumptions underneath this model is that this is an infinitely intelligent universe, but there's plenty of people who've used our model who don't necessarily believe that. So there's still, there's still a lot of use in understanding humans and how they're acting at each terrain, even if you don't really believe their core assumptions, but they're definitely there in our work and the work is definitely coming from a place of non-local consciousness. So that's what you're picking up on. Absolutely. And I think uh, I think we're going to take this uh, this opportunity to take a break right here, because I, I think I'm about to open up a Pandora's box uh, of questions. Once we come back on the other side of the break, you're listening to the Work Life Balance with Rick Morris. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end -end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. At the Work-Life Balance, we like to ask simple questions to our executives and portfolio managers. Are you picking your projects based on what the organization can spend, or is it based on what your resources can realistically achieve? This question, if not answered properly, can cause great strain on your staff, limiting the return on investment. When creating project selection criteria, does your organization attempt to understand the amount of resources needed to complete the work? Is this done in spreadsheets or at a high level? What if we told you there was a simple and easy solution that was built with resource planning in mind? We call it Resource First from PDWare. Resource First was built with resource planning as its foundation. We have years of experience that proves before a company fine-tunes its project and portfolio management processes. Without a process for resource planning, the best processes and algorithms can fall flat. Resources should be first when deciding the strategy of taking an organization forward. Find out more at PDWare. PDWare.com. Put your people first with Resource First from PDWare. Join us at PDWare.com. 
it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now back to the Work-Life Balance. And we're back to the work-life balance on this Friday afternoon, having a fantastic conversation about the 10 terrains of consciousness. And I really, um, intellectually, I'm just, I'm intrigued and and really wanting to dive further in. Um, You said something right before we went to break there, Alan, uh, just talking about um, the infinite conscious, the near-death experiences. There there was a TED Talk that I saw, and anybody can go look at it, it's uh, by Anil Seth, uh, about how your brain hallucinates the reality, the, the fact that your brain itself isn't, it doesn't have any tacit um, uh, senses directly with the outside world, right? It's all interpreted of what we're seeing, what we're smelling, what we're tasting, what we're hearing. It's an interpretation. Um, but the biggest thing and what triggered me in that conversation is because when you get put under for surgery, where does your consciousness to go, right? That becomes that, that question. And I was just wondering if you've run across anything, right? So basically we lose time when, when we're put under, right? So six hours of surgery could happen. And to us, it's, you know, we're out and we're back up. Um, and so they're wondering if they can study that or understand those portions of that brain, then maybe we can interpret, you know, some of the diseases and some of the things that, that people are afflicted with, certainly around mental health. Um, and I'm just wondering in your studies and in the things that you've come across, um, is that really the kind of stuff that triggered you into to starting to, to study some of the 10 terrains? Well, um, uh, I have seen that video that you're referring to, and I, and I understand this argument. I understand this conversation on, on both sides. And what, what really brought me to this was, uh, was working with uh, a number of, of core scientists at uh, a Foundation for Mind Being Research in Palo Alto, California for many years. And uh, we were looking at the, the leading edges of consciousness interfacing with matter, with the being. And uh, this is where a lot of this understanding was really being uh, generated. And, and, and these, again, were, were scientists that really wanted to ground this. Uh, so what I've, I've come to realize is that uh, because there's an infinite possibility available to us, we can interpret data in many different ways. And so depending on your terrain and your beliefs and your perceptions from that terrain, you're going to project onto the data what you think's happening there. And so you're going to have probably just like you'd have a, a witnesses at an accident scene and you have 10 different versions of what happened when you take a police report, you're going to have 10 different you know, stories of what's happening here based on the perception and the terrain that a person's coming from. So that's a lot of what's, what's going on is that, um, based on, on that relationship, that's how that story is being seen. 
So there's a real kind of fight in the world between, you see it in, in multiple aspects, right? Science versus faith. If you talk about you know Darwinism, right, versus the creation theory, you've got uh, climate control, climate change, whether that's man-made or is that just, you know, is Mother Nature just going to shrug us off as, as she, she can do? Um, those types of, the, there seems to be distinct things. And I feel like um, what, what I'm concerned with is I don't want anybody here to say, well, because you say this or you believe this, then I don't believe in the model. Like I'm encouraging, I want people to be encouraged to go read and see it and feel it and understand it and determine on their own. But what do you say to, let, let's take the first one around, you know, uh, uh, energy, you know, faith-based kind of, well, there is a God, there's only one life, that kind of stuff. And then this other side of we are this infinite conscious and, and, um, that like we're all energy and one thing that we were always taught even in school is that um that energy doesn't go away right it creates an equal and opposite reaction but energy doesn't go away it's something i was taught you know in, in youth so talk to me a little bit around uh, uh, well, that, that really you know when you really look at it they're, they're the they're two sides of the same coin it really uh as as i've become more expanded and aware uh i have become much stronger in my faith than I was when I was uh, at a point where I was actually somewhat atheistic, uh, thinking that what I had been taught uh, was, really, was, was really not accurate. Um, so there was a reaction to that. And that now as I've, as I've come more deeply into to learning about myself, understanding you know, who I am and who we all are and, and what consciousness is, uh, I have I have come to to a very deep place of faith. So it's uh, it's like if you go around a circle, you can go around one of two ways, but you're still going to reach the same point. And so so there are those that are that are coming from from to faith from a biblical perspective, but there's a lot of truth in that. But it's a journey, and it's a different journey than the journey I've taken. But the truth is, you end up at the same place ultimately when you when you come into it. That uh, I am my brother's keeper. Uh, you know, do unto others as you want done unto yourself. I mean, I could go down a whole long list of, of, of principles here, but those principles are because we really are caring for each other as ourself at the end of the day. So, Tony, if I, if, as I did, I took this test and it's a test, quiz, understanding. I don't want to say test. It wasn't, wasn't a multiple, multiple choice question where I pass and fail, but the self-analysis and I end up at, at Diamond, how do I take that in and apply that or some practical applications of, of what I do with that information next? Well, it's really useful as you're going out into the world, especially if you're encountering, firstly, in your own journey, just to see, for example, you might have a period of time where you remember where you, maybe you were at Square and you can, now you can understand why things have shifted for you so much. So some people who are at Diamond were at Square when they were younger and they could look back and go, oh, I finally understand why I left that career and all these things I've always questioned about myself all these years, they finally make sense. I didn't go crazy, I just had a terrain shift. And that can give a lot of peace to people. And then looking forwards, you can see, okay, this I'm at Diamond now, so it actually makes sense that I'm making these choices. Now I understand why I'm having these challenges. Okay, they're not a stressful for me because at least there's some context for them now. And, and actually, these are the kinds of things I'm here to do. I'm here to change the world at this point in my journey. So that's quite empowering to just be told that I'm here to change the world right now because that's really the purpose of someone at Diamond. It's to change the world. It's to make an impact. It's to make a difference. And that could be very motivating. Some people read their Diamond report and they go, oh, wow. It's almost like they feel like they're being given cheering on or permission to do the thing that their heart's already telling them to do. 
And then from that place, you can start to go out into the world and really notice when maybe other people are not at the same terrain as you. And whereas in the past, you might have been frustrated by that, like maybe you have family members at the order-based terrain square who think you're totally over the top with your entrepreneurialism, you're taking too many risks, and why are you doing all this cutting-edge research into health? And why do you not want to do chemotherapy if you've got cancer? It is what the doctor told you to do. And you're like really frustrated with them because you want to do, you know, hack your health and hack your life with all these innovative new approaches and technologies. And they don't understand that. So it's when you come into contact with people not at your terrain, which is very common, that having this information becomes crucial. Because now you can communicate to them differently, especially if you have taken time to learn about the 10 terrains and you understand the other terrains. So you've read our book or watched some of our videos or done some learning then you can find ways to speak to that person without judging them or criticizing them to actually communicate to them in language that they'll understand. Because each terrain has very different kinds of language that appeals to them, very different memetics. So if you're in marketing or in business, it's very helpful to understand, particularly the most common terrains like pyramid, square, diamond, circle, to really understand how people think and the kinds of things are going to land with them. But even just for conflict management, if you're running a company and most of the people in your company at Diamond, but there's a group that are at Square and they're struggling because they don't fit the corporate culture because their fundamental relationship with reality is different than everybody else's. This is important stuff to know if you're trying to create cohesive teams, harmony in your family, harmony in your marital relationship, if you and your wife are at a different terrain. So that's where this work really starts to come alive. And then for other people who are more politically focused, who are more similar, say, to Alan, once they understand this, they can then start to look at what's happening in the world politically, economically, socially, and see the terrains of different world leaders or the terrains of different countries or the terrains of different eras in history or the terrain of a particular city. Because because as, as groups of people, there's always a prevailing terrain in the room. If you're at a conference filled with people at Diamond, the terrain of that room is very different than if you're at a very conservative mainstream conference at Square or at a, a sort of rally at Pyramid where everyone's kind of stirred up and agitated and trying to get their anger out. Like it's a very different kind of demonstration, a very different kind of crowd. So this is just yeah, really got, helpful stuff to know. I've got personal experience there. So as I was saying with the John Maxwell team, something I joined about five and a half, six years ago now. Um, but it's, it's a, it's a group that believes in valuing people, believing in people and in, in living beyond yourself. And I feel like you know, I was seeking that cause I was stuck. What's interesting to me though, is I see, I, and, and I'll just be transparent is very personal to me as well. Um, I outgrew my spouse as I, as I transition. And so I, what I'm picking up on this is that I transitioned terrains essentially somewhere in that journey, somewhere at that point where I really started to see the greater good, wanted to start serving other people, financial things didn't really matter to me. Um, and it was still something that was very strong for her and she just couldn't understand why I was doing that. And, I, and I'm seeing this often. I see a lot of my friends go through it uh, of, you know, even, you know, asking questions, why, why didn't this bother me before, but it bothers me now, right? Those types of things. Yeah, one of the things we really want to do is run some trainings for people. And one of the groups we want to train is relationship coaches because it would be very helpful for them to understand, as well as personality differences, that there actually can sometimes be terrain differences. And as one person shifts, the other person may not because people's journeys don't go at the same pace and that can create problems exactly like what you're talking about. So we're really actually very excited about training some relationship coaches in this stuff. I felt like she transitioned down while I transitioned up, but maybe that's just me. No, so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna reveal the biggest thing that I've picked up in this conversation so far, my biggest aha moment. But we're gonna do that right after the break. You're listening to Rick Morris and the Work Life Balance.
Are you aware that 80% of project management executives do not know how their projects align with their company's business strategy? Are you aware that businesses identified capturing time and costs against projects as their biggest project management challenge? Are you aware that 44% of project managers use no software, even though PricewaterhouseCoopers found that the use of commercially available project management software increases performance and satisfaction? Now, imagine that you could have the ease of entry like a spreadsheet and a software tool set up and running within two to four weeks. Imagine within two weeks being able to see clearly where all of your resource conflicts are. Well, you don't have to imagine because PDWare has already created it. PDWare can give you real-time access to KPIs, easily updated views of what your teams are working on, and immediate feedback to some of project management's toughest questions. Like, when can we start this project? What happens if we delay this project? Can we do this in time? How does this new project impact our current portfolio? Find us at pdware.com and imagine not manually compiling endless reports again. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. And we're back to the Work-Life Balance on this Friday afternoon. Fascinating conversation uh, with with our guests, Alan David Reed, Tony Wolf, creators of the 10 Terrains of Consciousness. Um, and I, I promise to reveal kind of my greatest aha moment. And And I teach this, but I didn't... I didn't pick it up until it was something that you said, uh, Tawny, and I was actually saying something almost tongue in cheek, but it was your response to that, 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 um, that, that got me. So we talk about disc and disc profiles and, and meeting people where they are. And so then here we are talking about the consciousness and you talking about the practical application and understanding where they are, it, but it was their understanding of their view of the world. And that really kind of helped me grasp what, what we've been talking about here. Um, in in terms of the judgment of it meaning not one terrain is better than the other terrain but you understand how they're viewing things so kind of when you said well as a diamond you i can understand why you're saying it that way or why you see it that way that was one of the most impactful things that that i picked up in the conversation for sure so i appreciate that um on another tongue-in-cheek moment we were talking about i'm watching a lot of people um, graduate in, in into different terrains and, and outgrowing spouses or relationships or whatever. Um, what's your advice if somebody's there? If somebody kind of recognizes that I'm operating, whether they're conscious of the terrains or not, I'm operating at a different level than a long-term relationship or spouse. What's your advice at, at that range? Well, I think the 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 best advice is to or to the first thing to understand is that really 
at each terrain, the person is coming from, from a perspective, a worldview, as, you, as you're indicating, that is looking to help them feel safe, safe in themselves, safe in the life around them, just safe in their world. And so if you've got two spouses that are one shifting and the other is not, it's because the one is feeling like they are ready to, to expand and take on uh, a new perspective and, and, you know, and feel safe in doing that. And the other spouse may not yet be ready to or not feel safe to go in that, on that journey. And so it's really a, a matter of one of two things it's really about like meeting people where they're at, talking to them um, you know, or, or speaking to them in a way that reinforces and, and lets them know that, yes, I understand your fear. I understand how this is feeling and, and I'm wanting to re, you know, reiterate and uh, reinforce it, that you'll be safe. Uh, that's one approach. And the other approach is that, well, you know, we are growing differently and um, it's maybe our cycle in, in this time is, is complete and it's, it's time for us to uh, evolve in, in new directions. And so this is a very personal choice, but it, you want to look at it from a, from a place of, um, of taking, you know, ownership of it and saying, well, either I'm not understanding you and I need to be more compassionate. And, and that's where learning about terrains and learning about other people at their point is allowing you to be more compassionate and that could save the marriage or you may both just come to a realization that well it's time that this is the cycle is done and and it's time for us to evolve in a new direction did, did you want to say something real quick tony to that or i was going to say it also it's going to depend on what the two terrains are of the two yeah. people this will play out completely differently between a couple at square and spiral or between a couple at square and diamond because for example the coherence based terrain spiral at that point there very is really not much judgment left and so someone like that could be in relationship with anybody no matter how they see the world and it wouldn't bother them whereas two people who are in one of the first five terrains where it's much more like i'm much more in my own beliefs and and i'm a bit challenged by people who see the world differently like it's not as comfortable for someone at the first five terrains to try and 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 live with someone who sees the world radically differently from them. Yeah, and so it really depends where you're at. Yeah, personally, it, it. the the only thing I can I can speak to is personal experience, and in um, I I have a group of friends that that we have this conversation often, but you know, for me, I, I I even identified the points in which I kind of felt the transition. So first, it was trying to appease the other person, make them happy, not rock the boat go along with the flow, that kind of stuff. And then I started to get into a, a phase of, well, regardless, you're going to be upset about something. So I might as well do what, what makes me happy. And then realizing that doing what makes me happy, serving other people and making them happy, I, I, I shifted out. So I feel like there is a two terrain difference uh, potentially as I'm learning about that of one is it, it's not even square based. It's more pyramid based of this is the way the world works. And that's the only way the world works. And you know what I mean? It, to, to me, I felt like it was exploitive to, to, a passion. but there's several of us in, in that friend group. That's, that's in that same boat. Yeah. And, and, you know, traditionally people, when, when that culture was at square, people stayed in marriages, even if they weren't that happy because it was the done thing. It was expected and, and square is a terrain of role. So people are playing a role because it's expected role and everyone's functioning together as a, a smoothly running system. You know, at Diamond, people are about their own journey and their own path and I'm gonna stay if it's nourishing me and it's, and it's giving me energy and it's good for me and I can serve the planet from here and I can make a difference, I can change the world. They're not gonna stay in something just because it's their role or because it's expected. So this is why the divorce rate has skyrocketed since we've 
since we've moved into Diamond and everything's been thrown open, gender and the kind of relationships and how we interact and the whole thing's up for grabs now because it's a Diamond world, it's a post-truth world, everybody's got their own opinion, their own ideas, their own theories, and we're all exploring our own paths. And so that's one of the things that, that shift as a society shifts, as the prevailing terrain shifts. So it doesn't just apply in our own households, it actually applies across our culture. So you may have experienced in your personal life that shift in the square kind of relating to diamond, but actually as a culture, we've also had that shift over the last yeah. 50, 60 years. So it's been, you know, it's been a massive thing to influence society. And, you know, we're, we're not, we're not um, creating this. We're just describing it. We've just found a map that describes it. It's all already there. And most people who come to understand this model, once they really get it, they look around and go, oh my God, yeah, it really has been playing out all this time. I just didn't have the words for it. It's kind of like gravity, you know, it was always there until somebody pointed it out and said, hey, look, and then when everybody saw it, then went, oh yeah, well, this is really what's happening with the 10 terrains. These are all here. And you can see it from uh, anthropology. Uh, there's there's elements of, of other research that this is all an informed process. And it's, it's once you see this, uh, then you see the world and you'll never go back to seeing it. You, you can't not see it. Uh, it's like, a, yeah, it's like riding a bike. You, you get it, you see it, and it just becomes part of your life. So uh, for everybody listening, if you visit 10terrains.com, uh, you can find out more about the, the 10 terrains as well as 10terrains.com slash quiz. Uh, you can learn about where you are and where you possibly could be going. Um, I've got about three minutes till we close, but uh, I'd love to ask every guest, what is some of the best advice you've ever received? Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> and I do that on purpose well, for that reaction. Is I well. would say is to just uh, really be true to yourself. Uh, just really, you know, my whole journey has been to understand human nature and to know myself, to know thyself is, is one of the, the axioms. And so it's really, I, I've been on a journey to know who, who am I? Because as I was born into a world where I was being uh, told who I was supposed to be, that didn't feel right. And so it's been a journey to know who am I. And for me, I can't really think of the best advice I've received, but I can just tell you the best advice that's coming to me to share with you. I don't know who told it to me or where I learned it. I feel that the more compassion you have, the more joyful your life's going to be. And by compassion, I mean compassion for yourself, like where you're at in your life, at your point in growth, and also compassion for the people in your life, the people around you, the people in your family, the business, the, the things that are happening around the world. And one of the things that the 10 terrains model has given me is the ability to have compassion for myself, for other people, and also for other people in the world. And I would probably just say as a final piece, just, uh, just for your listeners, that understanding terrains is really important in this time because you need to be having an alignment with, with, with yourself, with the people you're working with, with the products that you're bringing to this market that you're going into and the market itself. And they all have to, they, they could all be at different terrains. And if they aren't, if they are, then you need to uh, align those and, and understand that. So it's, it's really a critical knowledge to make sure that everything flows and that people get you and receive what you're offering. Well, Alan and Tani, we, I'm so sorry. We are, we are out of time, but we can hang out and talk. But uh, if there's more to, uh, to, if you're interested, you want to know more, it's 10terrains.com. 
Um, also, you can buy the book that's out everywhere, I imagine. But uh, thank you, Alan. Thank you, Tony. And we would also say to check out our YouTube channel because we've just done a really fascinating series applying the 10 terrains to the coronavirus situation. Oh, outstanding. Terrain and how they're responding to, and we've got 10 different videos, really worth watching. Outstanding. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you, gang, for listening. Next Friday, I'm actually going to take it off. It'll be my birthday. Uh, and who knows where we'll end up or what will happen on that day. But we'll be back uh, on the 23rd and uh, look forward to having you all back then. Thank you for listening to the Work-Life Balance. Please stay tuned to the Voice America Business Network as we have another fantastic show coming up. And we will talk to you in two Fridays. Thank you for joining us this week. The Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now that the weekend is here, it's time to rethink your priorities and enjoy it. We'll see you on our next show. 